Welcome to Ahead of the Curve, the Scoliosis Experience Podcast, where my aim is to empower individuals with scoliosis and movement professionals alike by providing free, up-to-date information on scoliosis management and treatment. My goal is to improve the quality of life for those with scoliosis and equip movement professionals with the knowledge and skills needed to effectively support them. Hi, welcome back to Ahead of the Curve. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Teen, and today we're going to be talking about signs to look for in your children. So we're talking about scoliosis signs and symptoms that that might be showing up um, that you might overlook if you're not on the lookout for them. A lot of looking (laughs) happening. Um, I'm going to start off by sharing a little bit about my background and my scoliosis story going to give you some stats on school screenings and uh, the likelihood of your child developing scoliosis if you haven't, and also how, finally, how to identify scoliosis in your child if your state does not screen for it. So uh, first, I'm going to just give you a little life update, Um, some exciting things that are kind of on the horizon. I have started up a free, it's a temporarily free service of, uh, it's called Scolio Savvy Fitness. And this is a group that meets once a week. I'm trying to build accessibility community even more so in addition to my small group coaching. Um, This is a way to learn how to exercise um, so that you are feeling good, you feel confident and safe that the exercises you are doing are safe for your scoliosis. We'll be doing uh, Pilates. We'll be doing some strength training with weights. And we may even do some bar and dance classes in the future. So um, I'm really excited about it because that is kind of the primary complaint that I hear from people when I do discovery calls They are always saying, I really want to exercise. I want to be active. But every time I do, I end up hurting myself because I don't know what is okay for my spine and what's not okay. And I always end up doing things that might not be so okay. So um, this is just an opportunity that you um, have in order to um, exercise in a way that feels good in your body, feels good for your scoliosis, um, and is a way to stay strong and active. Currently, we are meeting on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Uh, for the live classes. And then um, if you can't make it live, I will be sending the recording afterwards. Like I said, eventually this is going to be a paid option. It'll be a monthly fee. I have not figured out how much that will be yet, Um, but uh, you'll get four classes a month and then you'll have access to those classes forever. So eventually you'll have like a whole library of things that you can return to. Um, and if you can make the classes live, it's really awesome because you can ask some questions, you can build community with other people who have scoliosis or spinal fusion as well. Um, So yeah, super excited about it. Would love to hear your feedback. 
If you're interested in joining in on that, um, I'll have a link in the show notes below. Um, also, I had a conversation earlier today with um, a couple of people from the National Scoliosis Clinic. This is a new clinic that is starting up um, for the United States and Basically, they're looking to improve the quality of care uh, for people with scoliosis, and they're partnering with surgeons and doctors from Stanford, from uh, Johns Hopkins, and also from Columbia. So it's a really, really exciting um, thing that's in the works. Um, they are creating a application where um, they're able to kind of monitor scoliosis progression without having to go through x-rays, repeated x-rays. So that's just one little element, one little piece. As I kind of get to know them a little bit better, I'll be sharing more with you, but um, it's just something that's really exciting because I feel that for so long, and I'm sure that you feel the same way, um, that scoliosis has kind of just kind of been brushed off as something that there's not much you can do about it. And I love to see that that's changing, that people are um, becoming more interested in doing research um, into the condition um, and trying to improve the quality of care for people because. There's so much that you can do for people that have scoliosis. And um, the more that we have accessibility to that, uh, the better. So that uh, you don't have to suffer and wonder, um, you know, what could be done about your back or just kind of give up hope that there is anything that you can do because there's a lot of hope. All right. So now moving on to the topic of the day. Um, I'm going to give you just a little bit of a background on my scolio story, how I was diagnosed. Um, I'll try to keep it as brief as possible because everybody, uh, I, you tend to kind of go off on these tangents when you're sharing your story about your spine. Um, so I, at the time when I was growing up, I lived in Pennsylvania and they actually did school screenings at the time um, in your middle school gym class, and you would have a nurse or a, kind of a volunteer parent, and they just dedicate one day to doing uh, school screening. And basically, they would have you bend forward and kind of see if there was any asymmetries there. So I was, a, no, I was eight at the time when they picked up on it. And then um, I was sent to my doctor, they did an x-ray, and then they confirmed that, I, yes, I did have scoliosis, but at the time it was so mild that they um, were just going to watch to see if it got any worse. So that's kind of how I was diagnosed and, um, you know, I'll get into a little bit uh, further into this episode, kind of about my, my care, lack of thereof, um, and what, what happened to my back as a result of that. Um, so currently in the United States, there are only 25 states that are doing school screenings for scoliosis. 
And the state that I live in now does not do screenings for scoliosis. So um, there, I'm going to also link in the show notes below uh, the link to the map that shows which states screen for scoliosis and which ones don't. And they also provide in on that uh, website, they provide a way for you to advocate um, for your state to, if you don't currently have school screenings happening, they provide you with the information in order to advocate for your state actually doing the school screenings. Um, so if you are a person who has scoliosis, um, I'm just going to kind of run through a little bit of information about the likelihood of your child developing scoliosis as a result. So there's a, several different factors to, that come into play. So um, it depends on the type of scoliosis you have, whether it's genetic or non-genetic in nature. And um, so as far as genetic scoliosis goes, so when one parent has idiopathic scoliosis, so kind of the general population of people that have scoliosis, you fall into this category of you have idiopathic scoliosis. So you get it. They don't really know why it develops, but it happens. Um, that your chance of your child developing scoliosis with one parent is approximately 30%. If both parents have idiopathic scoliosis, the likelihood increases to around 50%. So um, these numbers can vary, obviously, just based off of um, the part of the world that you live in. Um, also, female-male ratio, that varies as well. All of those stats um, I got from the National Scoliosis Foundation. For non-genetic scoliosis um, or acquired scoliosis, such as um, you know, neuromuscular conditions, trauma, um, things like that, um, the likelihood of a child developing scoliosis is very, very minimal. So um, it's pretty much like negligible. So that's, those are the two avenues um, of scoliosis. Those are like the very big, broad categories of scoliosis. Um, so again, if it's genetic, higher likelihood, Likelihood, if it's acquired, lower likelihood of scoliosis developing. If you suffer with pain from your scoliosis and are looking for ways to reduce your symptoms, look no further. I have a free video that covers 10 simple exercises to help target scoliosis pain, improve balance, and strengthen muscles that you can do from the comfort of your own home. Watch it on your phone tablet, or smart TV and start treating your scoliosis today. Grab your free video from the link in the show notes for this episode. Now, if um, your state does not have school screenings, so if you've gone to that website or you just know offhand that your school doesn't provide that or your state doesn't provide that, 
there's a way that you can personally um, screen for it at home on your own, and you don't have to pay a doctor's visit um, to do that. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of a step-by-step -step as to how to go about doing that. The first step, you want to make sure that you're in a nice, well-lit room um, so that you can see as best as possible. And um, have your child either without their shirt on or with really well-fitting clothing so that you're able to see um, a bit better the contours of the body. And then the next thing, you just can have your child stand naturally with their feet together and their arms relaxed down by your sides. And you're just going to observe from a couple of different angles. So you're going to take a look um, from behind and just look at shoulder asymmetry. So if one shoulder is higher than the other, that could be a sign. Um, even looking at the way that the clothing is laying on their body. So a lot of times pant lines will follow the line of the hips and you'll see that like one pant line is hiked up or waistline is hiked up a bit more than the other. If they're wearing long pants, you may notice that one, one side of the, the pant leg or one pant leg is appearing to be like flood um, pants and the other one is, you know, normal length for that person. Um, and the other thing, if they have, uh, like a bra on or their shirt off looking at the shoulder blades. So you can see that usually a little bit better from the side. Um, but you can also see it from the back, just noticing uh, one shoulder blade winging more than the other and the other one being a bit flatter to the body. That's just another indication of a curve. Um, the next thing that you would do is have your, um, your child press their hands against each other, and then do a roll forward test. So that's basically where they are rounding their spine as much as they can, and they're reaching their hands down towards the floor and bending forward towards the floor. And you, while they're doing that, you just run your finger from the top of the spine the whole way down the length of the spine, and you just kind of trace the vertebrae, you trace those pokey bones that stick out the back of the spine. Um, the most noticeable part um, of the spine, you run your finger along it and you just notice if there's any deviations side to side there. Um, and then you just kind of take notes on that if you're noticing anything. Um, and then finally, just having a conversation with your kiddo and asking them if they've been experiencing any, you know, back pain, any like fatigue. So if their back is feeling more tired um, from sitting for a while or standing in one place for a while, that can also play into um, some signs uh, or indications of them possibly having scoliosis. So the, the next step after the screening process, um, if you go through that with your child or they've been screened in gym class type of deal, um, the next step would be to go and see your primary care doctor 
Um, generally they wouldn't send you to a specialist right away. They would send you more to primary care. You get some x-rays done and that would confirm whether or not your child has scoliosis. Um, in order for there to be um, a considered scoliosis curve, that curve would have to be at least 10 degrees. And um, if the curve is from you know, 10 degrees to about 20 degrees, they would just do kind of like what I experienced, uh, just wait and see if that curve got worse. And then the, the next classification would be from you know, 25 degrees to 45 degrees. That is generally when they would begin bracing and monitoring uh, curve progression. So um, things are changing, thankfully. It used to be the case if you were braced, then you were braced and that was really it. Um, now, if you are braced and there is a specialist around um, an exercise, a scoliosis specific physical therapist um, nearby that can be referred to, um, then you would go that avenue and um, work with that specialist alongside uh, bracing. And that is really the gold standard of seeing either a cessation, so stopping the progression of the curve or even reversing the progression of the curve. Um, and then finally, uh, usually 55 degrees and beyond, that is considered a severe curve and they would be looking into uh, surgery at that point. So the reason it's so important to catch this early on is because of the nature of scoliosis. So with scoliosis, um, our vertebrae are shaped differently than uh, someone without scoliosis. So the actual shape of the vertebrae is asymmetrical, it's wedged. So one side is a bit shorter, the other side is a bit more lengthened. And they call this whole cycle, this whole process of curve progression called the vicious cycle. So there's asymmetrical loading that happens to the vertebrae because of um, the way that it's shaped. The side that is shorter and getting more pressure, this side grows more slowly. And then the side that is longer um, it has kind of like this traction and stretch force on it, it tends to grow faster because of just the way that it is shaped um, and the way that that um, part of the spine is loaded. So the faster that we're able to change the loading of the vertebrae, the faster we're able to decrease that curve progression. So, you know, when we get a child in the door um, into like a Schroth assessment, um, Pilates for scoliosis assessment, and we teach them how to stand in a way that is more balanced, then the uneven loading that decreases, and then we strengthen in that position 
um, to in an effort to stabilize the curve to prevent it from progressing. And this, um, this is really important because once we get to the point of 30 degrees or more, on average, if that individual does nothing with their scoliosis um, and they just continue to watch and see if it gets worse, on average, it will progress about one degree per year. So if you're, you can do some math, um, sorry, that was loud. <laughs> you can do some math and figure out if, um, you know, this individual was diagnosed at age 15 or, you know, around that age, and then uh, their, their curves at 30 degrees. And then by the time that they're, they hit age 50, you can do some math there. So that's, um, oh gosh, now I'm not very well. Let's do 45. So 15 to 45, that's 30 degree um, in total that that curve would on average progress. So we're starting from 30 and going the whole way to 60 degrees, then we're in a situation where, you know, this is a middle-aged adult and you, you are now in the severe category of curve uh, progression. So that is not always the case. That is an average. So I'm not saying that to cause peer fear and panic, but I am saying that as a way of just being aware of, you know, what the situation is, what the stats are, what your likelihoods are of that curve either progressing or um, getting better. Um, with all that, um, you know, if you are an adult and you were diagnosed in adolescence with scoliosis, there is still hope for you to um, make improvements in your curve and um, stopping the progression of the curve. So even if you are in that category of 30 degrees or more, um, and you're in, in late into your adulthood, I work with people who are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and have made tremendous changes in their curve. And 50, 60, 70s age and 50, 60, 70s curve degree, degree of their curve. So it is never too late to begin working on your scoliosis. It is never too late to make changes in your body and your abilities. Um, I hope that you were encouraged by this information and not frightened by it. Um, I always want to empower you with the most up-to-date information possible so that you can make the most educated decisions about your health about your spine and your children's spines. So thanks for joining me today. Remember that knowledge is power and staying informed, uh, we can make a difference in the lives of children and adults affected by scoliosis. Until next time, remember to stay well and stay ahead of the curve.